Welcome to the Bible Food Podcast, a place of conversations about the Bible and faith in the modern world, where ordinary people come together to help each other understand the Bible better. Let's get started. In this episode, Dan chats to Professor Anna Whitaker, who is a professor of behavioural medicine at Stirling University in Scotland. She's also a registered health psychologist and conducts research into stress and anxiety. They talk about her expertise and how it relates to some things Jesus said and how knowing Jesus and being part of a faith community can help with stress and anxiety. But it's important to recognise, as they talk about towards the end of the episode, that severe depression and anxiety does need medical and professional help. So please, if you are struggling with something more than common day-to-day anxiety, do reach out to get help. We've linked to some helpful resources and support lines in the show notes on the website. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Bible Feed podcast. My name's Dan Weatherall, and today the topic that we're going to think about is is worry and stress, and particularly learning from Jesus and other parts of the Bible about that. And really pleased to have Anna Whitaker to talk to me about that. Welcome, Anna. Hi. It's really, really good to be able to talk through this. And really good that you're joining us because you're in Scotland, aren't you? That's where you're you're joining me from, um, which I think is the furthest guest that we've had. I mean, I know you're not not originally from there, are you? But but, uh, which part of Scotland are you in? We're in Stirling in the middle. Easy access to all the nice scenery and... Yeah, it's great. Good. Okay. Um, so we've got you on um, to talk about something which um, probably affects every single person, <laughs> stress and worry and anxiety and all that. And it's because you're a bit of an expert in, st- in stress. That's probably not the right way of terming it, uh, is it? But do you want to tell me a little bit about your, your background and your expertise? Yeah, sure. So I'm a professor of behavioural medicine. Um, I started off as a health psychologist, um, but a lot of my research um, crosses across disciplines. Um, so it looks at the links between mental health and physical health. Um, so quite a big part of that is, is stress, where I've looked at stress and depression and other mental health issues. But I also look at, at physical behaviours as well, particularly at the moment, um, things like physical activity and the benefits that can have for, for different bodies systems like your immune system and your cardiovascular system. So um, at the moment, one of the main things we're looking at is how to keep older people uh, socially connected and can we use sport and physical activity as, as a way to do that to improve well-being. I imagine it's a big wide topic or big wide field of study just because um, it seems to be a, a human experience, doesn't it, to, to stress and worry and anxiety and depression and has it been has there been a lot of talk in sort of the industry and the field of research about the impact of the last 18 months or so with the pandemic yeah there's there's been a lot so um sort of within academia because I, I work at the university stress levels among staff and students have massively increased and then we we did a project among older people um and you know stress and well-being were some of the things that we measured and, and saw quite a big change on average for the worse unfortunately because of the pandemic yeah yeah some of the real detrimental impacts manifesting itself I suppose and that might last for some while to come so yeah it's a very relevant thing to think about and we're going to be thinking about some of the things that Jesus said about worry and anxiety and then other parts of the Bible as well I, I hope so um, one of the things we do in Bible feed some of our episodes they they're sort of straight Bible study as you, as it were and and you know they, they're great as well sometimes we really try and just bring out the implications of life um, or having trying to have faith in the modern world 
And I think that this one is almost going to be a bit of a, a bridge between the two, which is really, really, really good because it's important to, at least I, I think it's important to look uh, look at the Bible and study the Bible and then, but actually apply it as well and sort of bring it forward to, to day-to-day life. And I need help people to drag me into to the real life sometimes when I'm looking at the Bible. So I'm hoping that, that you, you're able to sort of help us through that. So let's think first of all then about Jesus and what Jesus had to say about people worrying and stressing and and so on. Uh, how much did he have to say about that? There's quite a bit in Matthew where where Jesus sort of gives us advice about not worrying and he gives us examples like look at the birds, you know, they're, they're not worrying about, you know, where they live or food. Um, look at the lilies, how beautiful they are. Um, he compares them to like King Solomon and, you know, how he, he was very rich and would have looked fantastic, I'm sure, dressed up in all his kingly stuff. But, you know, Jesus reminds us that that flowers don't worry about all those sorts of things and, and are just beautiful and he's basically trying to get us to think don't be worrying about these day-to-day things like eating and, and drinking and, and what what clothes you're going to put on because god is going to look after you yeah that that's probably easier said than done isn't it and, and just thinking of the 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 context um at the time he's speaking to people who probably are surviving or having to survive more than perhaps you and i as well um so it's really quite a challenging thing isn't it he's that he's asking them to do I, I think it's it's not easy at all and I'm, I'm actually particularly bad at, at not worrying um okay and particularly bad at, at not having a lot of stress which is just ironic really but I don't I don't think Jesus is telling us off for for worrying I don't think he's saying you know worry is a sin you're a terrible person if, if this is how you feel I think he's just trying to get us to to reprioritize you know to think about the bigger picture the longer term rather than the day-to-day rather than getting bogged down with the things that don't really matter and, and to try and have faith um and try and replace that worry with faith that God knows that we need those things and he will yeah. he will look after that for us so a bigger picture or, or looking to a different thing um there's that context in matthew 6 so, so we, you sort of alluded to matthew 6 didn't you about um looking at the birds and the lilies and so on um and then just a few verses before that verse 19 where he says do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also so I wonder if part of that is if you've got your heart in the treasure that you're trying to lay up on earth, you know, all these things that you're trying to build on earth, your property and all these sorts of things, you're going to be anxious and stressing, stressing about all those things. And and actually, if your priorities are different, then then perhaps he's, he's giving a bit of advice there. Do you think, is that something in that, you know, materialism? Like I've already highlighted the difference between the period of time when Jesus was speaking and, you know, our day, day-to-day life today, where it's all about, getting and, and having and having material things, does that have an impact? There's, there's two kinds of situations, aren't there? There's a situation where you, you genuinely don't have your basic needs met. You know, you haven't got enough food to put on the table for, for you or for your kids. And then, which is obviously a stress, quite rightly. And then you've got the other end of the extreme, which is actually the things we're worrying about are, are that we want more and we always want more. And we're just trying to get more and trying to earn more so that we can buy more and have more stuff. And that actually does give you a lot of worry i mean look at people with enormous houses and you know all the cctv that they have to set up um yeah okay give an example i bought my husband a dog um a couple of years ago and then during the pandemic those these dogs it's a cockapoo these dogs like tripled in price and even something daft like a dog you know it's out in the garden and you're thinking oh these have been getting stolen quite a lot because people know how much they're worth now and it's having that sort of thing in the back of your mind imagine if you've got that about all your possessions yeah it it does certainly ramp up the, the stress and anxiety so the worry about getting it and then once you've got it the worry about keeping hold of it yeah where thieves can break through and steal so 
so yeah, Jesus is is sort of saying, uh, you know, don't don't think and don't concentrate your priorities on those sorts of things because there's something greater. That's what I, I think you're saying, aren't you? So I mean, it, it's interesting as well because there's no sort of blanket promise that God is going to provide absolutely everything, you know, for for all these things. Is there? I mean, it, t- times are tough. You're not always going to get the things that you think you need. And I suppose it's readjusting expectations a bit, isn't it? Um, because there are greater and better things. There's future, there's a, there's blessing in the future that, that Jesus is talking about. Yeah, there is. And I think also, you know, with the kind of faith that God will look after you, there's also the element of faith where you, you've got to think, well, you know, okay, perhaps I am really struggling right now, but God's going to work with this situation and work it out. So even if you're in a really difficult situation, you know, it's not that God's going to hand you everything on a plate and life's going to be easy. It's not, but he will work with you even in those bits that, that are difficult. So the, the other thing that he talks about is not worrying about tomorrow, doesn't he? You know, that's an interesting concept, isn't it? Not just not worrying too much about what tomorrow might bring, concentrate on on today. There's, there's a saying that um, worrying about what, what might happen and what's going to happen in the future is kind of the basis of anxiety. And then sort of replaying worry over what's happened in the past is, is often quite common in depression. And I think it's true, you know, with anxiety and worry, so much of it is well, what if this happens tomorrow or, or just uncertainty about tomorrow. And I think Jesus, is really trying to just say look you know each day is enough as it is just just try and and get through the day and and live in the moment rather than always thinking about what's the next thing what's the next thing and it's you know there is quite a lot of that in in psychology at the moment and it and it draws on sort of eastern philosophy in terms of things like mindfulness that i'm sure you know everybody's heard of mindfulness and a lot of yeah. how that works is being in the present you know rather than worrying about the past you know you can't change the past or worrying about the future because it's things that might not happen and then you've expended all that energy worrying rather than expending energy on what you're dealing with right now yeah that, that's really fascinating that we're sort of we're sort of realizing the benefits of, of just just dealing with your day-to-day life right now the present um, and all those different other practices that that talk about that because yeah jesus has, has pr- practically said it hasn't he back here in in matthew so so th- there's two things, aren't there? So one thing is don't think about the present so much that you want to, uh, you're anxious about getting everything that you want right here, right now, because actually there's a future promised. But actually, don't worry about tomorrow, <laughs> the future, or as in don't think about what you're trying to plan, what you might get tomorrow or what tomorrow might bring and worry about that, because actually situating yourself in the present and dealing with that is going to help help your mind and your, your mental health and in that sense or your, your well-being. I think Jesus wants us to have a kind of peace of mind in each day. That's not to say don't think ahead at all and don't plan at all, but yeah, but definitely that you know, if you're always worrying about the now and having stuff. If you're always worrying about what might happen tomorrow, it, you know you are going to be pretty distressed a lot of the time. So if you've got your your heart and, and your treasures on a particular thing that actually is is not gonna it's not permanent, or it could be destroyed, or it could be stolen, then then yeah, you, you're going to be worried about that. But if you've got your treasure. Um, treasure in heaven or as it were with God you know God's the, the one that can can give you the ultimate future which is what I think he's sort of talking about then um, then yeah you should have a peace of mind that's really good okay brilliant So, um, 
let's just think a little bit more. Um, you know, what are the root causes? We've, I suppose we've talked about a few of them, haven't we? Worrying about material things and. But what, what else is the, some of the root causes of, of stress and anxiety? I guess some of the, the, the main causes of stress are big changes in your life and um, lack of control over you know, your own choices. Um, so big changes are things like what we call stressful life events. You know, there's a top five. It's things like bereavement, marriage, separation or divorce, um, moving house. And I always forget the fifth one. But, you know, these <laughs> are the common things that that everyone experiences at some point or, or probably some of them, but they lead to such a lot of change that you're adapting for quite a long time. And another part of, of that stress is is having to adapt to change, but having too many demands to where you're left in, in a position where you feel like you haven't actually got the resources, whether that's psychologically within yourself or in your social network to kind of help you or enough time or the capacity to actually handle these stressful things. So that, you know, that can be why work can be stressful because, you know, you might have a workload that is beyond the actual time and capability that you've got okay. or you might perceive it that way so stress can often be you know it's that's how you perceive it which is often more important than than the actual event so big life events but also just day-to-day that's day-to-day surviving and yeah. going to work yeah, yeah. and they, they add up cumulatively though. so you know if you're going through something like recovering from a bereavement and then you've got you know lack of control over choices at work then even the smallest sort of small acute stresses like you've lost your keys or you know you've locked yourself out of your car or something like that can, can just send you over your ability to cope. Whereas if you weren't dealing with other stressful things, maybe you'd, you'd just handle those and, and move on. So it, it can kind of add up, which is yeah. why, you know, people get to a stage where they can't cope. Yeah, okay. It just it struck me, you sort of describing those big sort of key triggers, big life events. Jesus went through some of those things, didn't he? Like, I don't know, um, he, he talks about not ha- not having anywhere to lay his head. So not really having a fixed fixed place to, to live. Um, so moving around permanently. A bereavement, John the Baptist, and then Lazarus, his friend as well, even though it says that he is the, the shortest verse in the Bible, isn't it? Jesus wept when uh, when he was outside the tomb of Lazarus. Um, so grief overcome him uh, at that, that moment. And then losing friends as well. So Judas, um, knowing that he was betraying him. There's, these are huge things. So is it that um, Jesus would have had stress? <laughs> would have um, felt these things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, okay, Jesus was a son of God, so he had, you know, extra, extra support and an extra strong relationship with God, perhaps a lot stronger than, than what we have. Um, yeah. But that he was also a man, so that doesn't mean that he, he wouldn't have really felt all of these things. You know, even if you know something painful is, is necessary because it's part of a longer-term solution to something, it doesn't mean it's not awful at the time. And I imagine, well, there's a verse, isn't there, that said he was, he was tested and tried in all the same ways that we are. So he, yeah. that means even when we're in the detail, you know, he's been through all the same stresses and struggles and, and worries and, and grief. That, that we go through that, and that's how he's able to understand us yeah absolutely um and it's, it's a really important part of knowing who he is isn't it i think that he was someone like us perhaps w- w- speaking for myself knowing sort of what the bible says about that he's a man and he he experienced these things and he was tempted like like us and that sort of thing is one thing in theory but when we're talking about the topic of day-to-day stressful situations and anxiety and so on and then thinking about Jesus in that sense, that probably really makes it come alive a bit more, actually, and just really appreciate what what he would have gone through. Like like you said, there, you know, he had that close relationship with with the Father, with God. 
and other coping mechanisms as well you know some close friends just disciples that's presumably a key that's huge yeah having having a, a social network of, of people who actually support you not just people who are just there and I, I think that's you know that something that God encouraged Jesus to have to, to select the, the the 12 disciples to be the closest people even though there were other disciples as well you know he was very yeah. close to Lazarus and Mary but having those people who were actually able to drop everything and be there with him that that is massive to towards helping you deal with stress even though they didn't fully understand did they i mean you read through the gospels and they really didn't get what was going on but you do get the, the moments of clarity that come through when for example is it peter that that says you know you are the christ the son of the living god and i think does jesus turn around in, in john 6 and say um, everyone's leaving me are you going to go as well and they say well to whom shall we go? You've got the words of eternal life. So yes, yeah, that must have meant so much to him, sort of to, to keep him going. Yeah. Um, I've never really thought about that. Yeah, it's just massive, massive reinforcement of, you know, that they, they did understand enough to be able to help. I mean, even in those times where they, they were a bit clueless and didn't quite understand why he was, you know, why he was going to have to die, why he was going to have to go through such a horrible scenario leading up to his death as well. You know, they, they were there and they cared about him. And, and we're like that. You know, sometimes you have people who can give you great advice and really understand the situation. And that's great. Sometimes you just need people there who, who actually love you and mm. are there for you. That's really good to, to think through. So I suppose just applying that to ourselves. And we've noted right at the start how that stress is on, on the rise. We're all living through, well, have lived through some quite stressful times. So, so yeah, having people, having community, having friends, and particularly people who who understand so a faith community is is really going to be valuable isn't it really really important yeah people who know where yeah. you're coming from you know they've, they've got yeah. similar goals you know you might not always think exactly the same as them but you've got enough in common that you can support each other and even in um the garden so the garden of gethsemane jesus reaches the garden and is, he, he says um my soul is troubled even to the point of death doesn't he that, that's when he said that he was suffering from deep depression or whatever it, it might be and he had his disciples who, who slept on, didn't they? They didn't. I mean, they were sort of with him, close by, but but sleeping. And that that moment, he spends it in in prayer with God. And I suppose that's the the close relationship with with someone. And this sense, in this sense, his father, God, which is quite something quite special. But yeah, having that really close relationship, which which I guess is something for us as well. You know, in the, in the depths of despair, when friends they might help you to some extent. They might be sleeping metaphorically, you know, close by you, but not quite fully understanding. There's always prayer to God, um, just to to pour out what you're you're feeling to Him. You know, I think that was the, probably the lowest point for Jesus. So I think. You know, he probably was really acutely depressed at that at that point, and he was isolated as well. And if you think sometimes it, it's a bit like that with us, isn't it? Sometimes we have to get to our absolute lowest point before we really, really reach out to God. So while we might talk to God, you know, on and off throughout the day and with various things in our lives, you know, sometimes when you've really hit rock bottom or something awful's happened, is is when you know reaching out to God is is the answer. And, and Jesus obviously found found support in that. Yeah, because you know the the narrative after that is him approaching or being led to trial and just being able to stay silent and not retaliate and not fight back and not fight for his survival, which is just quite astonishing, really. So so we've talked about triggers of, of this sort of thing. What might be some of the signs? Let's just sort of back up a little bit. What might be some of the signs that 
people are suffering from anxiety or stress? Okay, well, there's there's a whole range of like physical signs. Um, so there's things that you, you might notice yourself, you know, you might feel that your heart is, is beating faster, or it might feel like it's really thudding. You, your blood pressure usually increases. Now that you might not be able to feel, um, but things like butterflies in your stomach and a feeling of panic and, and breathlessness, you know, all these are kind of physical signs and symptoms of stress. And then they're, they're kind of a result of of your psychological perceptions of stress which is where you're feeling you know you, you can't cope with the demands being placed on you or you, you're going over and over the same worries in your head um and it really becomes you know this is this is completely normal and this is how we deal with life but it's it becomes unhealthy it becomes an issue when it's really regular and it's really intense and that you know that'll be different regularities and intensities for for different people before it becomes a real problem where they're not coping but it can have you know it can have knock-on effects on on like your sleep and on your relationships you might try and deal with it um by adopting poor habits um like drinking mm. more alcohol or not eating very healthily um so you know there's Stress is a, is a combination of, of psychological and physical symptoms and behaviours. It's hard to think of, you know, thinking of all those sort of symptoms and the yeah the way it sort of expresses itself. It's hard to think about Jesus specifically in in that sense. But as we've as we've thought already, he he clearly went through all these typical triggers in his life and clearly was was upset and overtaken with grief at times and so on. So I suppose. You know, he would have dealt with all those feelings as well, you know, through his life. Definitely. You know, you mentioned earlier when he was, you know, praying in, in the garden of Gethsemane just before um, he was brought to trial. And it says there, doesn't it, you know, his, his sweat was like great drops of blood, which is another, you know, physical manifestation of stress is that in intense sweating. And yeah, I imagine that was, you know, as well as him feeling incredibly low right then, that would have been a very, very stressful sort of period of time. Yeah, really, um, really brings that to her home, doesn't it? I think thinking about that. So let's um, uh, let's uh, think a little bit about what Jesus offers then, because there's that passage. I'll, I'm just going to read it out to you. It's in Matthew 11, really sort of famous passage of some of the things that Jesus said. It says, verse 28 of Matthew 11, Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's absolutely wonderful passage there, isn't it? So he's effectively giving an invitation to everyone who's feeling weary of suffering from these sorts of things. So, so let's just think about that. How does knowing Jesus, how does coming to faith and believing in Jesus, how does that help um, if you're weary and you're... <laughs> You're heavy laden how does it help you i think it, it just makes you realize there's there's something bigger out there so it, it brings you out of the the kind of minutiae of your situation that you're struggling with and and makes you realize you know that there is something in the future to hope for when when jesus returns you know and that's we're told that that is going to be so amazing that it's beyond our comprehension to even think how amazing it is but i think as well as that it's it's also about how we can be now i think jesus is saying you know just put yourself out outside the this the situation you're in and and just think about how you can have have peace with you know with trust in god how how replacing worrying with faith and trust can can bring you peace now so it's not all about you know living for the future but it's it's about you mm. know entering into into that rest now i think there's a verse in hebrews that that says you know what god says they're, they're entering into my rest and it, it's not the, the tense of it is not that it's all talking about the future um, and, you know, that we hope to be in the kingdom of God with, with Jesus on earth. But it's, it's, it's also talking about now, you know, entering. It's like this is, this is a process that's happening to us now in our, in our lifetimes. If we will let God and Jesus into our lives rather than being, you know, very tunnel vision caught up in our own day to day worries. 
that's interesting. It just made me think of what you just said then. You know, I think you, you said one of the, to the triggers is not being in control or not having sort of control over your life effectively. And that and life can feel like that probably for the most of us who don't have access to resources to do exactly what you want when you want. But yeah, realizing there's something bigger, I think the words you said, something, somebody in control who actually can secure your life, not necessarily make everything perfect right now, but uh, who the one who's promised something the future. There's that, I guess that's part of it, isn't it? To give you peace of mind now, realizing that you might not be able to individually make your life better, but someone will and someone is you know, in the process of doing that and he's in control. Absolutely. And and also, you know, it's it's not that this is an easy thing. I think I think we do need practice yeah. practice at this. But I think if we do practice that and really try and, and, and keep a focus on Jesus, it will you know, it won't make you ignore the things you're going through, but it will just help you feel like you're dealing with them and even just feeling that sense of control, a little bit of control will, will bring those stress levels down. So this offer, so just just thinking again a little bit more about what Jesus is saying, come to me or you who are weary and heavy laden. I suppose there's, you know, every single person can feel a bit like that. He dealt with lots of different people, didn't he, Jesus? He sort of spoke to lots of different people. Um, I guess that's helpful as well, knowing that he was, he, he went out of his way to speak to different people who perhaps were heavy laden by the society at the time because, you know, they were mistreated or whatever. Um, did you see that? And he had like a different message for, for each audience, didn't he? You know, people who were really downtrodden and, and on the fringe of society, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to boost them up. And, you know, he's sort of when he's talking about like the meek, they're going to inherit the earth. But then on the other hand, when he's talking to like the Pharisees and Sadducees who who were, you know, the cream of society and very privileged at the time, his, his message to them is, is much more kind of trying to bring them to their senses and actually telling them off for, for some of the behaviour. So, yeah, he spoke to lots of different audiences and always seemed to have the right message for, for those different audiences. Yeah, and certainly it went out of his way to include the people who were basically excluded from, from society. So, so, yeah, knowing that, I think, can be a big help if you're feeling disjointed from society or disjointed or out of rejected, as it were. But actually, Jesus is there calling calling you, inviting this peace of mind to, to come to you. If, so, so knowing him, getting to know him and the things that God has, has, has spoken about through him and and offered. So Jesus um, went through all of this. So we've, we've thought about that. I think that's really helped me focus my mind a little bit about the fact that he has gone through all these problems that sometimes we think are like kind of modern problems, you know, stress and anxiety. You think, oh, well, we've got such busy lives these days and so on. But but actually, these are very much human feelings that people would have felt all throughout history. And so Jesus would have felt all of that as well. That passage in Matthew 11 talks about sort of take my yoke upon you. So you're kind of sharing his yoke, as it were, the, the yoke of oxen, if you, this is the old fashioned plowing, isn't it? The, the image of taking that, that big crossbeam and plow, pulling a plow like an oxen would do. So you're effectively sharing it with Jesus, which means he's an example to us. So, you know, do you think that's that's helpful, you know, having his as an example? Yeah, and I think also it's really nice because when you're you're in a you know, if you're sharing a, a yoke with someone literally, you're you're walking alongside them, aren't you? 
and then Jesus says that that his his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So you know sometimes we we put barriers in our own way, don't we? We think oh actually following Jesus might be really hard work, mm. um, but Jesus is saying walk alongside me and you'll see that that actually my my yoke is easy and it can give us confidence you know moving forwards. Yeah, that's a really lovely image actually, and it's not it's not that. You're not having to carry a yoke. Um, so there's still going to be real life to deal with, I suppose. There's still work. There's still things to do. But actually, it's manageable. You can cope. You can do this because because Jesus is, is alongside you. So I want to um, move forward a little bit into the, the New Testament and just think more about other parts. Well, particularly, um, there's that passage, isn't there, that Paul talks about in Philippians he, he talks about how Christ strengthens him. Should we, should we read a little bit of that? It's um, Philippians 4, I think. So I think this might do um, like the next step on. Um, we've sort of thought, we've thought about the topic just generally. We've thought about it applying to Jesus and how that he dealt with it. He had coping mechanisms and so on. We thought about how, you know, that can be an example. But but here's someone, here's the Apostle Paul now talking about his life and his mindset, his peace of mind um, and so on. Um, let's have a look. Philippians 4 and, and verse 11, he talks about he has learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So he's talking about Jesus, isn't he, effectively? So I guess there's one that modelled sharing the yoke of Jesus and having him as his example. And though he suffered hunger at times and he didn't have everything he needed, and um, yet he felt like he could do everything through Christ that strengthens him. Absolutely. And I really do think, you know, if we ask for that strength, that, that we can receive it. I mean, if you think what Paul went through, you know, multiple shipwrecks and and flogging and, and being stoned, you know, to the point where they actually thought he was dead. You know, these these aren't light things. And no matter what difficulties we go through in our lives, hopefully we, we won't have those specific ones. And yet Paul can still say this because because he called on God, because he put his faith in Jesus, he, he was able to, to cope with it all. Yeah. And, and I guess putting everything that we've said into practice, not worrying about where, where he's going to get his next meal from. He's just going to travel along, find the next community of believers to sort of to help. He's going to, uh, but he's not going to just expect God to provide because he's going to make tents in the evening as well. So he can earn a little bit of living while he's doing it and not worry about amassing his wealth. So he's not got, he's not got to worry about CCTV. <laughs> yeah. So as everything we've talked about actually, now that I think about it, is, is pretty much sort of exemplified in, in his life. I mean, the whole, pa- the whole chapter there, it was well worth, you know, anyone listening to, to go back and look at that, actually, Philippians chapter four, because it's so powerful talking about how, well, verse uh, middle of verse five, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, so yeah, they do not be anxious about anything. And we've talked about prayer. So I guess, you know, putting your concerns to someone, to, to God in, in having that relationship with, with God to do that. And then achieving peace of God that passes all understanding. Definitely. I mean, I think sometimes you're, you're in difficult situations where you've got absolutely no control 
whatsoever. And, you know, you have to hand that over to God and put that in his in his hands. And there is a, a certain amount of peace that you get immediately from, from doing that and realising that rather than continuing to try and sort out the problem yourself. And sometimes it takes us a long time to get to that point where we realise, you know, I can't actually solve this. I need to put this in God's hands and I'll go and do something else and, you know, stop lying awake worrying about it. Um, mm. But I think, you know, that's part of what that passage is, is talking about is is that that peace is, is almost instant when we when we do that. Just one other thing, thinking about that passage, it, it's um, it's in the context, isn't it, of Paul receiving a, a gift from the Philippians. That so they're, I think, out of their poverty, they're not necessarily a particularly rich uh, group of believers of, of Christians, but they've they keep supplying Paul with, with support effectively after he's left them. Um, they keep sort of sending, I can only assume, a bag of money to to just help him to support his work and his ministry, make sure he's not on the streets for the next few nights. So. Um, and it's his community again. So that's so these all these aspects we've thought about it, having that uh, support network, having that community of faith um, around you to to really help provide and then concentrate on the things that are important priorities. Um, that's what comes next, actually. Verse eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So don't worry about or don't think about uh, things that that you, you might not be able to change about your life. But think about these things. These are things that are going to help you reach the peace of God. So there's a, there's a lot in the life of Paul, I think, we probably could expand out on, but I guess we, we won't do right now in this episode. There's there's one other thing I think it's I, I just want to chat through, I, and I, I'm sort of coming at this not an expert at all on this, and you're the expert, but I'm assuming that maybe in a lot of cases, stress and anxiety can be either linked with clinical depression or real medical conditions and so on. So I don't think I, I don't want to give the impression at all that just just thinking, get your priorities right, you know, telling someone who's suffering from severe depression to, uh, that they just need to get the priorities right, that that's going to solve it. Presumably, that's not that's not what we, you know, that's not our message, is it? Um, there's, there's a need for for seeking professional help. There's, there's a place for it. And yeah, I think sometimes the, the worst things you can say to people are, you know, you just need to pray about it. If, if they're really severely, you know, they've got actually clinical depression or anxiety, then, you know, well, prayer can help. Someone telling you that is not what you want to hear. And you do need other sorts of support as well. So, you know, you would go to your doctor and talk about medication or talk about counselling or talking therapies. You know, it's we, we've got access to those sort of privileges, um, at least in the Western world, fairly easily. So, you know, if, you, if your leg was falling off, you would not go and have surgery. And it's the same for mental health conditions. You you wouldn't expect somebody with a, a broken leg to sort of pray it back into joint and, and mend the bones, although they could pray that the healing would be improved, but you'd still get help, wouldn't you? And it's yeah. just because mental conditions are perhaps more invisible doesn't mean you, you shouldn't get help, which you, you definitely should. Yeah, it can go hand in hand, can't it? So uh, just thinking again, you know, how that Paul was provided for by his fellow believers, his, you know, uh, his part people, part of his community, you know, that was sort of physical help and his sort of prayer or his reliance on God didn't stop that and didn't stop him accepting that. So yeah, going, going out and having help, but at the same time, casting your cares upon him, that's somewhere in the Psalms, isn't it? I think effectively you're releasing the burden of feeling that uh, the anxiety of this when you take it to God in prayer, but then at the same time seeking the help that you re- that you need. And so yeah, you know, we suppose we're talking about um, you know the the day to day anxiety we all feel about we all feel day to day maybe like the life situations that you've talked about and and those sorts of things are going to be helped by having 
knowing Jesus and having that peace of God that passes all understanding. But yeah, for sure, there's conditions, there's clinical conditions, which we, we definitely need. Um, people need to seek help for those sorts of things. So as well as knowing Christ, that's um, no matter what difficulties and conditions and illnesses, physical or mental, otherwise we all have, um, knowing Christ is is the thing that we, we need. Brilliant. So that's that's been great. Is there is there anything else that's worth just bringing up? Any other closing thoughts? Just a, a couple of kind of personal verses that, that I go to when, when I'm particularly struggling. And one is that I always sort of bear in mind that in Corinthians we're told you're not going to be tested you know, beyond what you can bear. So even though you might feel, oh, this is horrendous, I actually can't handle this. If you truly trust God, then God knows you can and will help you through it. So you're not going to get tested to the point of, of breaking. And also in, in, in Romans 8, Romans 8 is an amazing chapter, but there's a verse that says that all things work together for good um, for those who love God. And all of those things working together, you know, some of them are going to be tough and, and really difficult, but they're going to work together for good because because we love God. And I think that can, that can really help us when we're in a particularly sort of worrying situation or when we're in a cycle of, of stress. That's a fantastic chapter, isn't it? Because that's the one where he talks about if you've been justified, you've been glorified and and so on. He's talk, talking about sort of future glorification as in the past tense, as if it all happened, you know, those who are called and, and, and justified and glorified. So, so yeah, the certainty of that is what, uh, you know, everything is working towards. Um, in fact, even, you know, isn't it all, all the, the things that, Romans 8, I'm just, I'm just going to turn to it now because um, make sure I get this right. That's right. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Uh, and then towards the end, um, I'm sure that neither death nor life, angels, rulers, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, anything else can separate us from the love of God. So so all these things, you know, if you if you realise you're you, you will be justified and glorified and it's you know it's certain because you're in Christ and you, your faith and trust is in him then whatever your life throws at you all these terrible situations that you know height depth whatever these things sort of signify the ups and downs of life then they can't separate us from the love of God in Christ yeah that's a great chapter to, to, to end on so thanks for that so thank you so much Anna it's all right it's been really good to talk through the uh, topic that we probably all need to face. It's, um, it's only going to get a more stressful world, I suppose. So something that's well worth thinking about how, how having Jesus in your life will can help now and and help obtain the peace of God that passes all understanding. But ultimately, what it's all about is is all about that that future glorification that that we just looked at in Romans. So. So yeah, loads in there to think about, and I really, really hope it's helpful to to anyone listening. If if you've got any feedback, any thoughts, whether it's helped you, you know, any questions or anything, please feel free to get in touch with us. You can go to our, our website, biblefeed.org. You can let us know what you think there. Um, follow us on Facebook as well. You can let us know what you think there. Find us on Instagram. Um, we enjoy your questions and your feedback, and um, it's really, really great to hear from you. listening to the bible feed podcast thanks for joining us we're always keen to hear what you think and hear your questions on subjects you'd like us to discuss get in touch with us on our facebook page or send us a message from our webpage at biblefeed.org and be part of the journey Music